0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASC certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. Today, we're going to talk about changing your car's oil all by your little self between your vehicle repair questions. So I want everyone to call us if you do change your own oil. How did you learn to do it? What was the biggest mistake you made the first time uh, you did it? Uh, How proud of yourself are you that you've done it? Uh, We want you to call in. Um, Allison, So give us, give me quickly, uh, and then we can go back into a little bit more detail. What are some of the steps to changing your own oil?
2: Okay. Uh, The first step is to get the oil and to get the correct oil. It's on your cap, your oil cap on your car. It has a little oil lamp on there, and it'll tell you what kind, whether it's 5W30 or 10W30. The second step is to jack up the car safely or use a, the car ramps uh, that you can drive up on, and those are nice. Um, Your third is to gently loosen the drain plug with the drain pan under it. It's something that you're draining the oil into and gently loosen that plug. Fourth, when done draining, replace the drain plug very gently to make sure you don't cross thread it. The fifth one is to take off the filter with a filter wrench or filter socket tool and use the drain pan up under that because it will drain some oil. The sixth is to put the the new oil filter in. You want to put oil in the filter before you put it on. Sometimes they have gasket and oil rings you want to change that too if if it does and then put oil on the gasket on the oil filter and not too tight just hand tight as you can get it is, it and use a little extra tug with the oil filter tool if you need to and uh, but not too tight seventh is find the place the oil cap on your engine where you found the type of oil that you put in your car that's where you want to put the oil in and that's where you put in the amount of oil that you need for your car and number eight is use dipstick to check the oil level and do not crank your car up let it let it settle in the bottom of the oil pan and check your level that way and number nine is discard your used oil at a parts store not um, in your yard or anything like that so that's the nine quick steps that will get you there to change your oil
1: fantastic that is just awesome i'm so excited you know when you when you break it down like that it doesn't sound so hard allison right. tell me some of the are there any special tools that you need to have to change your oil do does a real can you i mean do you use a phillips or a flathead screwdriver or Uh, you know you mentioned hand tightening things are there any special tools that you need to change your own oil
2: sometimes it works to use a filter wrench or a filter socket tool to get the filter off Um, if you don't have that you can puncture it with a phillips head screwdriver or a flathead screwdriver and turn it like that um but I use a filter wrench tool that I love. It's really universally works really well with all different sizes filter tool wrenches, and and that's really nice. So that if you're going to be changing your own oil regularly, I recommend it instead of the messiness and the and the pain that it is to stab it with a Phillips screwdriver. Sometimes it's not the best location to do that. Um, So it's usually easier to use a filter wrench tool or filters socket tool that goes over the top of the filter. Uh, Another specialty tool or special thing that you need to have is a drain pan to drain it into and the kind that you can close it up and lock it up, not the open to the air kind, but one that has a top on it and that's easier to take back to the store to discard the oil. It costs a little bit more, but it's worth it those are really nice um and then a socket set to take off the drain plug and you just a minor socket set should do um i had a car recently that had a 19 millimeter socket just and so make sure you have the right size socket for your for your car when you go to get a socket tool set um to do your oil um those are your main specialty tools besides a jack and, or ramps to, to jack it up with and, and uh, jack stands. You do want to be safe when you do that. Up under the car, do make sure you have jack stands or drive up on ramps to change your oil so you can get up under it. Some cars are tall enough that you can, you can get to it without having to jack it up. Um, but most cars are going to have to jack them up and to get up under there. So those are the main specialty tools that you would need, and that's it.
1: Okay, I have pretty fingernails. That's a big lie. They're just regular fingernails. But uh, you mentioned, you know, messy. Uh, Do you use gloves? Is that a good thing to have?
2: Yeah, if you've got them, absolutely. Um, Disposable gloves will help you keep clean when you're taking the drain plug off is usually when it gets nasty and when you take the filter off it can get it can get messy it it is a little bit of a messy job I will say that Um, sometimes some filters are on the engine where it's not as hard to get to and it makes it less hard to be messy but um, most of the time it's it's where it's going to drain all over the filter as you're taking it off and all that old oils coming out of there while you're trying to get it off so it, it it gets messy it's not that bad though and it cleans up oil tends to clean up easy versus grease which is on your car oil comes off easier
1: now back in the olden days when you had a can of oil and you had to use a can opener you had to use a funnel to to pour it into the oil thing but now it seems like a lot of them uh, a lot of the oil that you buy has a little nozzle already. Uh, is it easy to pour? You used to always have to have a funnel. It, do do you find that a funnel is needed?
2: You do need a funnel. That's another one. Um, I forgot that one. Funnel isn't does help you pour it back into the engine without it getting everywhere. But they do have the ones, the easy pour gallons and the easy pour quarts that that make it a little bit easier to pour in where you're not getting it everywhere. You can also put a rag around it to help pick up any oil that might spill a little bit. But yes, a funnel is a good one to use. And there's oil filter. There's oil um, fill uh, funnels just for filling your car for oil, which help out a lot. They'll mm-hmm. fit right inside the, the where you put the oil in. They'll fit right on top of that really well
1: when you change your oil do you always need to change the oil filter
2: yes you do in fact it's more important to change the filter than it is the oil but you do need to change the filter every time it gets clogged up with sludge and it can't do its job anymore and that's why you need to change it so always change your oil filter with your oil change that's a good question
1: Well, we have got a call, and we've got Tim from Olive Branch on the line. Tim, thanks so much for giving us a call this morning. What's your comment or question for AutoCorrect?
3: Well, I've been changing my oil for a long time, and the worst experience I ever had was the O-ring staying on the block, not coming off on the old filter,
4: and oil went everywhere.
1: Okay, the O-ring stayed on the block and didn't come off. Oh, okay, so when you put in a new oil filter, it should already have, uh, it has its own O-ring on it?
2: That's right, and that's supposed to come off with an oil filter and come off, so his has gotten stuck on
1: there. Um, Did did it make a a mess for you, Tim?
3: It made a big mess. I'll I'll always check now. It'll it'll never happen to me again.
1: You know, that's the thing about mistakes anywhere in life. Usually, if it happens once, then by golly, you're you're prepared for that to uh, never happen again. And you usually check pretty well on that. Yeah,
4: it'll never happen to me again that's all i had
1: thank you tim we really appreciate our listeners when they call in thank you very much um so allison is is that why you, you had mentioned um putting a little bit of oil on the the o-ring before you hand tied it on is uh, uh, is that so it won't stick or has a better seal or sticks better
2: has a better seal, it lubes it up and and, and uh, it does keep it from sticking when you take it back off. So, um, you want to just put some new oil on, around the edge on that rubber gasket that's on your oil filter. And if you have any O-rings that need to be replaced, some of them do, then you would want to lube it with oil too, so that's, uh, that's a necessary step there for sure.
1: We're going to talk more about changing your car's oil next. Send us your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? We usually have a list of ones that are when we come back. We've got something a little different uh, today. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
6: It's an expensive cycle. Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction.
0: Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org.
1: You're listening to Autocorrect with Alison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you want even more Autocorrect, find our podcast. It's on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. And I try to put a lot of information on our podcasts. So maybe you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you if we talked about something. Uh, I'll try to have that information on there. And I'll try to have Allison's nine steps for changing your oil on there. But you can also listen to it because she explains it way better than I could just write it out. Okay, there aren't any recalls this week, or there weren't any when I checked last night. Um But you can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov slash recalls, and inputting your VIN number. And Allison, when I was looking for and not finding any weekly Recalls. They talked about how important it was for individuals to contact them if there's a problem with their car that they think would apply to everybody. And that's how these recalls start. Going. That's how they get the the snowball keeps going. That's how they get the ball rolling is folks, you know, Michelle, me, you, whoever, contacts them and says, you know, doggone it, this door latch doesn't work. And then they investigate it, and then they can decide, hey, you know, for XYZ car and Model M that was from 2019, we really need to recall that.
2: Have that's you- literally how it happens to you. You have to complain. There has to be a certain amount of complaints before they'll issue a recall. They'll issue a service bulletin before that that just tells Text, hey, this is a common problem, but they don't issue a recall. So that's how you do get a recall. So if you do have a problem with your car, that's good advice to go ahead and complain about it. So maybe eventually it'll get issued as a recall.
1: We're talking about changing your oil. Uh, we want to know how folks learn to change their oil or if they have any questions about changing their own oil can you really do it yourself we're also taking your vehicle repair questions our email address is auto at mpbonline.org we've got uh, cornell who is a truck driver man we love the truck drivers that listen to mpb because uh, they listen to a lot of radio, and they have all sorts of choices, and we appreciate it when they specifically listen to us. Cornell, what's going on with you? Give us what's your comment or question for AutoCorrect.
4: Okay, well, uh, I've been a bad boy. I've owned this uh, 65 Chevrolet for 40 years, and I've uh, been not having, you know, a good financial well, anyways, the, my problem is the car has sat so long. It's, a, it's an old Stingray, 23,000 miles. But uh, the problem I'm having is uh, I'm trying to get it to, you know, run again. And uh, I have found that I have crystalli- crystallization, I guess it's called, in the radiator fluid, you know, the water, that kind of stuff. So I wanted to know what's the best way of cleaning that out but more importantly i have uh i had a carburetor rebuilt by a professional and 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 he you know it was loose you know i gave it to him i had another carburetor i put on the car and it worked for a little while but then i took the one that was rebuilt freshly rebuilt it sat for maybe a year though in a plastic bag so it was sealed but uh, here's the problem. It, as soon as I tried to start the car and, and, and the fuel got to the carburetor, it just started leaking all over the place. So my question is, is it, was it good to rebuild th- that carburetor again, maybe? I, I, I lost the guy that he's, you know, moved away, so I don't have that professional. Or should I spend the money for a new carburetor? It's it's a it's a Holley, with I guess you call it a double pumper.
2: Okay. Well, um, I'm not as familiar with carburation on um, vehicles. It's, it's really it's before my time. By the time I got into it, star body injection was the closest to carburation. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and and like my cars that I started working on when I started were all fuel injection. So. Um, I, I never, I've never, i never owned a carbureted car, and so I'm, that's one area that I'm weak in, and um, with that being said, I would think you would be able to have the carburetor rebuilt or maybe just get another my, one. My
4: question was, it was rebuilt once, would you think it'd be okay to re- have it rebuilt again? Is, is that, or mm-hmm. am I wasting money and better off with a new one?
2: Yeah, uh, well... Because
4: ma- you know, the difference is like a couple hundred dollars to $800.
2: Right, exactly. It's a big difference. I would try, just since it is a couple hundred dollars to rebuild it, I would try going with another rebuild. Maybe those gaskets just dry rotted and got old on there since they weren't getting used on that carburetor. And go with that and see it getting And you might want to... Double check um, with someone who's more familiar with carburetors and that type of carburetor, whether it's worth rebuilding the Holly carburetor, and yeah. see um, what their opinion is on it too. You know, to find you a, a you know a good shop that would um, hopefully give you good information on that, better than than I can when it comes to carburetion
4: All right. Um, and what about the getting the the, because it sat so long, I'm, I'm assuming the antifreeze, like, just dried out or something. I, it's not, You know, I, I don't know how to get it to come all out, you know, to put fresh stuff in. I mean, I know how to get, like, take the, what do you call it, thermostat out and try to flush it made me that way the thing is the car is sitting static and I, you know, I can't get it started <laughs> so I can't like turn it over and warm it up or whatever you know because of the carburetor
2: right okay well I would wait until you get it running and when you do put a flush cleaner in there to clean everything out of the cooling system so you would drain all the old cool it out put in water and the then the cleaner and then follow the instructions and run it. You can run it for 15 minutes, or you can choose to run it for a couple of days and drive it around and let it flush. Usually, that's what they say on the direction But yeah, you'd have to get it running first to be able to use that.
4: And you called it a flush.
2: Yeah, radiator flush.
4: flush. Um, I oh, do it okay. as regular maintenance I on said.
2: cars, and that'll clean all that that gunk out of your cooling system. And, and just follow the instructions on there. Also, you can just run water through it while it's on and sit there and turn it on and let it, once it's uh, circulating, and let it circulate. Make sure your heater is on, too, at full blast, so that it runs through the heater core, too. So
4: clean everything out. Right. Clean
2: everything out. And um, that's a good... That's a really good way to clean a, a cooling system. Yeah. I've used it on some pretty nasty cooling systems, and it cleaned them up good.
4: Yeah, it's a delicate old car. I mean, it's, you know, 65, and it's a Stingray, and I've never had anyone else ever work on it. But I'm getting up in age, so I can't do a lot of things because of my back. But, I mean, that I can uh, That's – I'm glad you told me that about the heater. I would have forgot about that. Yeah. Okay.
2: Beautiful car, though. Beautiful car. I hope you get it running again and it's back on the street.
4: Yeah, I want as soon as possible. I, you know, financial things, now it's better, but uh, uh, you know, I'm driving again. So that's where I'm going to put my money now. <laughs> Thank right. you for all the information. I appreciate it. You're welcome.
1: Thanks, Cornell. We really appreciate you. Let's move to Columbus and talk to Vanessa. Vanessa, what's your comment or question for AutoCorrect today?
6: Hi, I have a question. I bought a 2005 Impala um, just recently. It drive, you know, good. However, when I go, basically go to the store, and it doesn't happen all the time, just sometimes um, It once getting ready to leave, it will not start. So what I've done so far is I've actually went to a port store, you know, where they can just basically check the general stuff like your battery, your starter, and your alternator, and all of that checked out fine. Um, they did suggest that it may be something like in the ignition they gave me um, where I purchased some kind of little black powder stuff that goes in the key where you he the kids do right. actually resolved. However, right. it has not. So they told me that it could be several things. So my question is, where do you think I should start um, as far as just trying different parts, or should I just actually go and take it to a professional? Just trying
2: to say. I'm and, 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 and. Well, in this situation, it don't start throwing parts at it. It can run you up a bill and not fix the problem. Um, take it to a professional and have them check it out. You can take it to an independent shop, which would be probably your best bet, or take it to an automotive electrical shop. Okay, and
7: yeah,
2: to... they, they deal with electrical problems. It's probably electrical. And you can call them first and ask if they deal with that sort of problem. But that's what I would do in your situation up there in Columbus. You want want a professional to look at it, and you don't want someone who's just going to start throwing parts at it unless they know for sure. And they, um, by the level of their confidence, the way they're they're talking to you, if they're saying, we're not sure this will fix it, but it might, and they didn't look at it very long, then you know they didn't diagnose it correctly. It takes time to diagnose a car correctly. It usually takes about an hour, um, give or take. And so if they, they come back to you, they haven't even looked at the car, and they're just saying it needs a starter, it needs an ignition switch, and they haven't tested it out or anything like that, I don't know if I would trust them completely on that. So you want them to diagnose it correctly and and tell them that you want it diagnosed For a no-star problem you know instead of just buying parts and throwing it at it
6: okay thank you I I ask another question
1: sure Vanessa go ahead we're here for you and Homer and soup
6: (laughs) (laughs) all right thank you now this is pertaining to a different car my 2010 beard and cross I had an accident I was bumped in the back it wasn't a real real bad bump however uh, after that, my trunk was leaking. Didn't realize that until actually you know, the insurance had paid it off. However, uh, I did have a mechanic to go in and take a look at the trunk. Upon him repairing, what he did is stop the leaking, excuse me, the water from being in the trunk. And with the water being in the trunk, it was actually leaking uh, in the back on the driver's side of my floorboard. It did again fix the rain was not going in the trunk. However, water is still going when it actually rains in the back floorboard of my car. My I Also, I noticed my double sunroof on my car. I, the rubber up there needs to be replaced. Question is, do you think that it could be to the rubble needing to be replaced or from the accident that occurred previously.
2: I've got a third uh, option, which is there's a drain hole that your sunroof uh, lets the water go through and it comes down and it goes out of your car and that can clog up and it can run down in your car and come down onto your floorboard from your sunroof. So you want that cleared out. You can have a mechanic do it with compressed air and find that drain hole and put compressed air on it and blow it out and clean it up. And more than likely that's what it is. And more than likely the rubber is okay on your seal, but it's that drain hole that's clogged up and those clog up a lot. That's a real common problem with them. So I'd have a look at that first before I did any replacing anything.
6: Okay, and the drain hole is located where now?
2: it's on the sunroof um up under the rubber seal and it's it's gonna be somewhere on that sunroof on in the in the sunroof so they'll they'll know where to look for it on on there awesome awesome
6: awesome thank you i'm um started listening to your show uh, two weeks ago and I saved your number in my phone because these were questions that I actually wanted to basically get some professional information. And I really, really appreciate you. And you've been very helpful. And again, oh, thank, you very, well, thank much. you very much.
1: Well, Vanessa, right. we're always here for you. And you can also always send us an email. Thank you for calling in. Do you change your own oil? Tell us about it. And we want to take more of your car repair questions next. But what's an unreliable car not to buy? We're going to get to that in a bit. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns.
4: A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere.
1: Thank you for listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio allison walker the lady auto mechanic is our expert i'm liz gill and we hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone the mpb public media app so in addition to listening to our show on the MPB Public Media Act. You can also click support and make a contribution. Contributions really help us keep programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your contributions to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Consumer Reports rounded up the poorest used models of the past decade. Today we're going to caution you about... Tesla's Model X electric SUV. Now, they say, for all the love and praise lavished upon the Model S... Consumer reports took an almost instant dislike to the Model X electric SUV, calling the 2016 edition fast and flawed, and testers called out its weakness in the Falcon wing door design and general reliability. Uh, As it has with so many all-new models, Consumer Reports suggests avoiding the 16 Model X on the used market and waiting for the automaker to work out the kinks. So please consider reading up on the reliability of this car before purchasing it as a used car, suggests Consumer Reports carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists and if you're interested in reviews of new cars Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI a public radio station in Indianapolis and he's reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years and his review this week is for the 2020 Hyundai Venue and the Ford Escape Hybrid. We've been talking about changing your own oil, and we have four calls to get to. Let's go to Homer, who has been waiting so patiently in Clarksdale. Homer, thanks so much for calling in. What's your comment or question?
3: Uh, Just just enjoying the show. I enjoy the show. I listen. Uh, uh, But one thing about I started to change my own oil, and it wasn't because I just wanted to. I knew how to, Uh, but I just started having problems with, not mechanics, technicians, or technicians. You take your car to a place and they overfill it. They do not tighten the drain plugs up. Sometimes the filter would be loose, Uh, then I've ran into, I have a 6.2 Chevrolet now I think what caused this engine to start to mess up was they overfilled it with oil two or three times, and I mean overfilled it a lot at an oil change place. So I started changing my own oil, Car, vehicles getting scratched up, and one of the things I do in changing oil is I usually put a stabilizer, some type of stabilizer, because most of my vehicles are got miles on them. So. As they get miles on them, I put stabilizers stabilizer in them. And one of the things I do is crank them up and let them run about five minutes before I change the oil. Let it cool off for about 30 minutes so you won't burn yourself when you get out there and start changing. The oil comes out a lot quicker, especially on cooler days. But the question I have is this. I've got a Dodge Dakota. Let Dakota again, Allison. Um, <laughs> the, fan, <laughs> the fan engine. Uh, when I cut the air conditioner on now, if I run it on one or two, it works fine. When I cut it on three or four, the whole dash starts to vibrate.
2: Oh, wow. I wonder I'm if... i something uh, in the engine or
3: bearing in the engine or something, in the fan motor?
2: And you're t- you talking about for the AC?
3: Right. Well, the AC. Well, it, it does not even if I put it on a heater, if I just you know, Yeah, I just for well, well the heat uh, for the blower motor. The, yeah, the blower the motor,
2: motor is what motor,
3: you're it, talking it about. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I'm wondering if something's gotten in there. I've I've pulled out rats and squirrels and not rats <laughs> and squirrels, rats and chipmunks from yeah. blower motors that they had died in there. Um, uh-huh. Well, you would smell that if they had, but they might have gotten some debris in there or put some um, some nuts or acorns up in there, and it's causing it to rattle. But for you, for everything, the whole thing to shake, I'm not sure what that would be. I've never heard of that before. But something, you maybe pulling that blower motor down, which should be an easy job to do, it's just uh-huh. a little bit twisty to get up under there. But the actual pull the blower motor out and have a look at it is, is up under the dash on the passenger side. It's
3: usually not that difficult of a job on any car. Um, yeah, I usually I feel it. Yeah, I mean, when I put my hand, I can run it on one or two. Put my hand on that little housing on the motor and it just, you know, no vibration. I cut it on three. And I'm not kidding, it's, if I have something sitting on the deck, I can feel it through the truck. It's like it is a va- bad vibration, but uh, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'm thinking there's something in that blower motor, the bearings or something. I, I don't know, but I think like if it was the bearings, it would do it all the time. But it, it just does it when I get up to three and four, it shakes real bad.
2: Right. I yeah, I've never heard of that before, but what I if it were me, the first thing I'd do is take it down and have a look at it um and then you can plug it in while it's down and and go through the different modes and see what's happening from from your from that view and see if you can figure out what's going on with it. Um maybe it's trying to go out and it's trying to lock up or something like that. Mm-hmm. But but um, other than that, that's the only thing I would know to do is to go in there and look at it visually and see if you could find something going on with it or find something up in there. Maybe something's gotten
6: inside of it.
3: Okay. Well, if anybody else out there has hit their problem with a dodge, please call in. <laughs> okay.
6: You can All
2: Google. Right. Uh, a problem on a car and see if other people have had that problem. problem okay
3: that's what I do I didn't think about that okay
2: yeah and that's sometimes you get lucky and you find where other people have had the problem and they've worked it out and they talk about it on the forums and the Google will pull it all right up for you Right, if, right, if, right. if it's something else that, that it finds on there
3: okay all right. well hey I enjoyed the show y'all take care have a good rest of the day
6: thank you you too
1: Thanks, Homer. We appreciate you calling in. Hey, Allison, we got an email from Paul, and Paul kind of said the same thing Homer did. I have always used a 10-minute oil flush, letting the engine warm and thinning the old oil for better draining. And then he says, after the change, adding one quart of Rison R I S. -S 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 O-N-E helps to clean and pump up the hydraulic filters. What's Rissone?
2: I'm actually not sure what he's talking about or hydraulic filters either. So I'm not really sure. It's something. It's a product I'm not familiar with. But he's right about letting it the car be warmed up a little bit. It helps oil get all the oil drain out. You don't have to have to do that, but it does help. It helps get all the old oil out.
1: Okay. All right. Let's go to Sue, who has been so patiently waiting. Sue from Beaumont, thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question?
7: Good morning, ladies. I'd like to ask a couple quick questions, okay? You got it. First of all, when you go to one of those quick lube places, you know, how can you be sure that they're actually changing your filter?
2: Ask them to show you the old one. Right. And uh, that's one thing, and show show me the new one. Well, I'm, um, see the old because they you want it to be the, the old, same so one, the same size, no rumors, you know.
7: <laughs> but, uh, that's
2: a good question, though, and how you would know you don't. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I've been yeah, to places
1: where they'll give you the old stuff in a bag and yeah. say, do you want it or you want me to throw it away?
7: Well, I huh. just wondered if they really, you know, if they really do, how could you tell, you know. But anyway, I, I want to ask you another question right quick, okay? I have a 2013 Toyota Yaris, and the the engine light came on the dashboard. The check engine light came on. Check engine light, and so I, I had to, I was having oil changed, and I asked them to. Uh, they had a little thing they hooked up to the car, and it said that I need a new gas cap. And yeah, so that's I'll, the most common check engine light that comes on. So did you replace the gas cap? Yes, got another one, and uh, it still, the engine light hasn't gone off yet.
2: Still on, then. Okay, so you have something else going on with the emission system. That's why your check engine light comes on. Probably what's happening is one of your solenoids has gotten stuck open or or closed. with so That opens and closes the valve. That lets the air vent out from your fuel tank, um, or the vapors, rather, filter out from your fuel tank. That's one of the number one... Emissions codes that comes on on the check engine light on your car and that has to be there's like a a System of little motors and those have to be tested to see which one is the one acting up and um, So it takes a little bit of diagnostics and I, I'd recommend taking it to an independent shop and having them diagnose the problem properly and fixing it properly so that you know which one it actually is instead of throwing parts at it. Um, So that's what I'd recommend. And while I'm bringing up independent shop, I want to say taking your... This is a a good way to know if they change the oil filter is don't use the quick lubes. I don't really like them. Sometimes they cross-thread the drain plug. Um, They're overfilling or underfilling cars they're oh, not well, very well trained people a lot of times. Um, so, and they're kind of underpaid. Everyone I've ever known was underpaid. And so they're not doing a good job. So take your oil to an independent, your oil changes to an independent shop. That's just a tip I've said before on the show. To, and it helps you establish a relationship with the mechanic too. So you know that they're doing the work that they're supposed to do and you get to know them better from something as simple as an oil change.
7: So okay, that's can I ask you a question tip. right quick? Uh, what, what? How much would it cost to repair that to get the uh, the the sensors off the gas cap? You yeah, I mean, solenoid, to get that repaired. Uh, about, or whatever.
2: It depends on what it is, but it's not expensive. But the diagnosis to fix it, usually it will take about 30 minutes to an hour to diagnose the problem. And that's where some of your cost comes in, but you're also actually diagnosing the problem and finding out what it is instead of just throwing parts at it because that system that has to do with it's the one that sets off what they call the gas tank light it it doesn't actually say the gas cap needs replaced it says there's a leak and that there's some a problem with the emissions on getting the vapors put back through the engine in your car. I know that's all a little bit confusing. Could, could, I, could
7: but I just let it go? I mean, is it all right to drive it like it
2: is? It's all right to drive it. It's, it's just saying that there's an emissions problem. The thing is, is that it won't let you know if there is a serious check engine light problem because your check engine light's already on. And that's the only thing is you wouldn't know if you had something more serious going on that's actually damaging your car well, thank you until so it starts flashing or something like that. So it's, if you can get it fixed, it's good to get it fixed. All okay, right. But it does not hurt to drive it.
7: All right, thanks.
1: Thanks, Sue. We appreciate you calling in. We're going to take a super quick break. We've been discussing changing your own oil, taking your car repair questions. Remember, you can always send us an email, auto at mpbonline.org. Quick news reminder next, this is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. is correct. If you've missed any of our live program, you can listen to the whole show at autocorrect.mpbonline.org We want everybody to stay tuned after the show at 11 a.m. at Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. I'm Liz Gillum with the lady auto mechanic Allison Walker, ASE certified. Allison, clicking around on the internet, saw a video out there of a train hitting a car. And, you know, the train didn't jump the tracks and get on the road. It was the car that drove through... a crossing with its arms blocking it uh, you know, my daughter went to a book club in Rankin County in Brandon, and a train went across, and, you know, she called me on the phone, and you just don't mess with these trains, and I know it's a it's a pain, but uh, if a train is coming, do not try to beat it, because in a fight, that train is going to win. Um, we've got Jim, Jimmy, and Arthur a holding. Arthur, uh, you've got some uh, information for us?
3: Uh, yes, uh, the gentleman with the Dakota that had a problem with his uh, uh, heater, air conditioner, fan, blower motor vibrating on three and four.
1: Yeah, what do you think?
3: Well, it's the little squirrel cage fan on the motor shaft. The, uh, the vibration has caused a little set screw to back off, and uh, it's not tight on the shaft, and it's, uh, that's causing the little squirrel cage fan to be out of balance and making it shake. And the higher up he turns it, the more it's going to vibrate.
2: Oh, awesome. Thank that you, Arthur.
1: With That's a great idea. So, Homer, if you're still listening, uh, get your screwdriver out or whatever you use to tighten the screw and see if that works. Arthur, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Let's see if we can get to uh, uh, Jim from Wiggins. Jim, what have you got for us today? Thanks for calling AutoCorrect.
0: Thank you for taking my call. I was calling in uh, response to the gentleman with a Holley carburetor. Uh, There's a float system in there that uh, when the fuel fills that chamber, the float goes up. There's a little needle valve there that, that cuts the fuel off. And if the fuel's not getting cut off and it's running all over, it has to be either in the float being stuck or the needle valve may be just old enough that the rubber on it has uh, deteriorated to where it's not sealing it's a real simple thing you take the screws off the top you take the top of the carburetor off you may have to undo your choke linkage and uh, there's a little chrome bar that holds the float in it just slides out to the side and you can take the float out and that little needle valve it's connected to the float right there by the, uh, by the hinge pin. And just clean that up, put it back together. you should be good to go is what I would think. I've worked on these carburetors a lot. Uh, you YouTube it and uh, see how to tear it apart, and you'll see, get a visual of exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Jim from Wiggins, you are awesome. Cornell, that we hope that you heard that while driving in your truck. Jim, thanks so much. Let's see if we can get through. Last call, Jimmy from Grenada, thank you so much for holding on. Jimmy, uh, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question?
5: A question for you. I'm driving a 2019 Kia Soul, and just a few minutes ago, I started getting smoke or what appears to be smoke although I don't smell any burning coming from the middle uh, air conditioning vent Uh, but when I raised the hood I didn't see any smoke coming from anything under the hood under the engine or anything Uh, and when I turned the dial from max to to a warmer temp, it stopped. And when I turned it back and turned it back again, it smoked Look like what sort of appears to be smoke again, but it's intermittent. Like now, it's not doing it.
6: Is it
2: vapors or smoke?
5: It may be vapors. I don't know. I don't I wonder know. if your it's, system
2: is so cold that it's
5: it. Maybe that that may be that, Maybe, you know, they, they changed
2: doesn't. the Freon to a new kind of Freon these days. It's called R1234A or something like that, mm. um, where it was R134A for a long time right? and R12 before that. They've changed it to a new kind. I wonder if it's making a vapor of some sort. But uh, I haven't heard of that happening before, and I'm not sure what's going on with the system. But it's okay. maybe it's it's just slow and that cold, that it, and it's so hot outside that it's causing a vapor.
5: Maybe because, like I say, when I open.
1: Jimmy, uh, we're about—we've run out of time. You know, maybe adjust the the temperature in the car. You know, that's interesting, Allison. Allison, we'll need to do a, another air conditioning show. <laughs> yeah, we could. Especially because it is hot. It is very hot. Oh, Jimmy, thank you so much for calling in. That's going to wrap us up for today's autocorrect. It went by so fast. Thank you to our call screener today, Jay White. He really earned some money today. <laughs> and our board engineer, Michelle McAdoo. We just couldn't do this show without her. And for Allison Walker, who we absolutely could not in any way, shape, or form do this show without, you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as the Lady Auto Mechanic. I'm Liz Gill, and we hope you'll join us each Thursday for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.